Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veteran portfolio managers, analysts that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can bring you our unfiltered views without having to worry about our employment status because our bosses would never let us bring you our unvarnished views on stocks every week. Uh, I have nothing to add to for that. For free, I might, imagine, might, might uh, mention. Every week we get together and we look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week we're looking at the issue dated June twentieth, two 2008. You have an appointment? You're really speeding through this. But before we begin, we want to remind everybody that we do this for entertainment purposes only. That's and, right. And we may own all the stocks that we're talking about or have other conflicts of interest, and so... Uh, well, I don't own any of this. Caveat emptor is all I That's can true. say. Uh, and we, you know, commonly don't really know anything about what we're talking. So um, you just. I know less than usual. It's fun this to, week. I think, to try to figure out if we know anything about what I know we're we don't. So there's no challenge to me. And if you want to learn more about us, please visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. Again, for those of you who are taking notes, thevalueguys.com. In the second Why half of the show, Why would anyone be taking notes? Well, I'm just trying to be considerate. Well, geez. In the second half of the show, I'm going to come back with some uh, top notch value ideas, including uh, I've got an industrial, a defense stock, and uh, a really Are interesting you not going to reveal the names of those stocks? Animal Health Care Services company called v- VCA Antec. I just I picked it for the symbol. Woof. But <laughs> first, I'm going to turn it over to that velociraptor of value. Oh, my God. I actually saw him working on that. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for listening. Sorry about that. Well, those of you who have been listening, you realize that for two weeks now, the show's been late, so I apologize. We've been traveling, and uh, we're finally getting together here at the cabin, back at Vern's cabin. So it's back in season. Uh, The snow has melted off of everything, and uh, we're back in the country doing the show from the cabin. And I'd like to thank, actually, Vern's wife. Going to go for a swim later. She's prepared some beverages this, uh, this morning. It's uh, Sunday morning, and they're delicious. So thank you, Mrs. Value. Uh, all right, let's get right to it. I've got three really terrific ideas this week, but it's morning, so that might not be right, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is, I want to say, on page 554, Goodrich ticker gr now this is nostalgic for me because i wrote a graduate school paper on goodrich and uh it was my first stock uh you know recommendation it didn't work out initially but sometimes these things take a while i think after about 12 years it began to work pretty well and uh unfortunately my parents had sold it by then but what have you uh it's looking pretty interesting now uh that I mentioned, page 554. It's not the tire company anymore. I think they're pretty well out of that years ago. Uh, Goodrich is now a major supplier of aerospace components, systems, and services, including landing systems, aerostructures, aviation services, engine and safety systems, and electronic systems, and they have a whole string of acquisitions they've made over the years. You might be thinking, gee, is this a great time for uh, aerospace? Well, there's... Forty-eight percent of the business is overseas. According to Value Line, a lot of business is coming from China and India. This is where per capita income is rising very rapidly. And the theme here is that there is a correlation between per capita income and number of airplanes that people want. And, you know, you go through Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
You have water. Yeah, they've both been going up over time. Water, cars, planes. That's the sequence, basically. And these guys are into the airplane zone uh, over there, and uh, they're doing a bang-up business. Backlogs are going up. Earnings are going up. What? Nothing. Okay. Listen, I'm just trying to... Just some color commentary. I didn't hear what you said, Vern. I'm sorry. I said, how compelling. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, The best part of their business right now is aftermarket. Um, and uh, they get you know much better margins on aftermarket. If you need a part and your expensive plane's broken, believe me, uh, that two dollar part's going to cost about fifty cents. So there's big markups on those kinds of things. Um, Profitability is moving higher. They're putting up a very respectable return on capital in the low mid teens, and that's up well, what from if airlines are actually parking the airplanes that are the oldest and least efficient and tend to need the most aftermarket parts and services. Well, well, gosh, you got me on that one, Vern. <laughs> what would happen then? Their business would be in a little bit of trouble. But what I'm going to suggest to you, sir, mm-hmm. is that in their key markets, oil prices being this high are actually driving purchases of a lot of this because it's oil money that's, I think, growing the demand for their services. So, uh, yeah, if if the economies all break down and no one travels by air – but the big trend I'm going to rely on here is that uh, as people get wealthier, uh, they want to fly somewhere. Their time is more valuable from an economic Fewer point boats, of view. Fewer boats, more airplanes. Okay. Economics drive the need for air travel because the value per hour goes up. That's all. Well, the distances say. in Asia are relatively greater than they are in the developed world. Thank you. Thank you. That's my. That's a, a nice point. I just thought me. I'd throw you a lifeline Thank there. you. I don't think we needed a lifeline, Vern. This thing is putting up great returns. They're growing pretty rapidly. Value Line says earnings are going to grow 16%. And on terms of, let's see, valuation, uh, 7 bucks in cash flow next year, stock at 55 You know, that's pretty good. What is it, eight times? I don't have a calculator. 240 a share in CapEx, so that gets me to some kind of 5 bucks in Value Line free cash flow. Stock at 54, so it's 11 times some kind of free cash flow. That's a 9% return on the cash that I'd have to spend to own the company. Um, And then you grow at 16%. So you're in some kind of low 20s percent return on your investment here, in my opinion. Goodrich, ticker GR. All right, how was that? How's my time? Uh, You have plenty of time. Okay, good. Here's another one. Uh, I'm just going to need a sip here of my beverage. Thanks again, Mrs. Value. The company uh, he's going to do next is PM. Just oh, to keep thanks for going, jumping in. Is yeah, PMI Group <laughs> perfect? PMI Group. Now I've talked about this the before. Is PMI. And if you've listened to me before on this one, on the you're, New York, you're probably sorry you did because it's what page number is it's it on down. Val? Oh, what? <laughs> is this a menu to Val's comment? It's six oh one in this week's value line. Now PMI. For those of you that hopefully haven't listened to me before on this one, purchasing managers index. No, it is not. P- Although that does stand for that. PMI is Private Mortgage Perform- Insurance. Performance Marketing Institute. Uh, listen, okay, uh, what do we got here? They're a holding company which provides residential mortgage insurance. As you might imagine, this is a very troubled area. <laughs> and if I can tell you, the stock for oh years. Oh, my God, look at the chart. I know. It looks bad. Now, here's the thing. This has been a very stable company because over the years, uh, people that want to pay Less than 20% of a down payment on a house, the bankers require mortgage insurance to insure, obviously, the mortgage. That's never been a problem in oh, the that's past. PMI. Yeah, because uh, 
property values generally go up, and banks historically were a little bit disciplined on who they loaned to. But here's an editorial comment. You know, the federal government pushed the thesis that every American should own a home. Well, the fact is not every American should own a home, ladies and gentlemen, and you know, that's just the sad truth. And yet, as you create policies that get people who can't afford homes into homes, their default rates are going to go up. And you can mask that all for a while with things called insurance. But uh, eventually, if the experience turns out worse than your assumptions, you're in trouble. And that's what's happened. Uh, but let me tell you why I think this is overdone. At PMI, they have something called book value. They got a couple components to earnings. Investment earnings per share, and value line shows that line. Underwriting per share, and that's their earnings on, of course, the actual insurance. And the investment is the earnings on the money that they are holding for the insured, the reserves, that they put into various investments. Now, uh, the stock's now at 432, down from 51 last year. And a chart that for years, I mean, this is a stable company. All of a sudden, everyone's scared out of their frickin' wits. And in the case of some situations, like the Bear Stearns hedge am. fund, I'm well, and I've been wrong on AMBAC. Uh, you know, they had a bunch of mysterious stuff that's cascaded against them. PMI has a couple of things. One, they have a brand. PMI stands for Private Mortgage Insurance, and that's their company's name. And also, there's a need. There's always going to be people that have less than 20% to put down that want to own a house, and uh, things will work their way out in terms of the credit um, availability. But we're going to get back to some type of normal here over time because houses get driven by population. Uh, what I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that they're putting up investment returns per share, investment income per share this year of... Uh, nearly three dollars a share the stocks at 432 now they're losing six dollars in underwriting but that's after years of making money so here's my analogy you're in a pool okay your heads above water now imagine that you go underwater for a little while just a few minutes maybe a minute not even a few seconds your head could dip underwater Right now, it appears their head's underwater, but the head bobs back up. Book value here is $30. So it's been written down. The peak book was 41 and 06. They've had these losses. The estimate for next year is 27. So from 41 to 27 in book, these people are trying to write these things to market. So, yeah, they've lost $14 a book. Book is now 27. Everyone's trying to make that an accurate number. Next year projected to be 34, stock at 4. So uh, it's trading at about 1.5 times investment income. There's underwriting losses that shouldn't be treated as annuities because the business going forward actually is very good. They're getting price increases. They're writing down bad assets. Uh, they've cut their dividend, which, again, another reason the stock's down, but that's going to allow them to keep cash. Their ratings have been downgraded, but, again, I'm looking at the income statement. They're earning $3 a share in investment income. So, to me, this is very compelling, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how long you'll have to wait, but uh, this is an amazing valuation. A lot of fear in this one, and uh, with everything negative, there's only up. Are you done now? Yeah, I am. Great. PMI, page What's 601. The next idea? And then, finally, here's something that... For those of you that are, you know, a little nauseous on that PMI, uh, here's something a little safer, okay? Lab Corp of America, ticker LH, page 638. Uh, what do they do? They're the largest, and I've talked about this, so dial it up. LH is the ticker. Nation's largest in, in, a, in a past show. Oh. I remember talking about this. I don't remember I had never heard of it until I saw it in Value Line to do for this show. 
So uh, like the stock's been doing okay. It's been doing okay. Here's what they do. They are the largest independent clinical laboratory, so they get all the outsourced uh, tests that need to be done. Hey, i got a company that does laboratory services. Okay. Well, okay. great. Let's get to that. All right. um, listen, Our I'm going to try to be quick on this. Am I using up all the time? No, you have lots of time. Are you timing it? Um, Where are we? Um, like Twelve I and a half minutes. All right. Okay, good. Anyway, they're getting a lot of business from outsourcing. You've got demographics really? driving demand. Thanks, Vern. Uh, and you've got increasing outsourcing going on for, for uh, cost-cutting measures. For America? Cost-cutting? No, higher, better use. That's the rule. So if you can fire someone who's you know doing something that's duplicative, that might encourage them to go back to school and do something valuable. That's the uh, creative destruction of capitalism, my friend. It's been working. You know, we all used to be in caves. And look around. It's been it's better now. Um, anyway, back to LabCorp of America. They are outsourcing tests uh, for hospitals, uh, physicians, clinics. You can imagine long-term care. They do substance abuse. They have 37 full-service laboratories around the country. That probably means they can service people quickly in a day or so. They've been putting up really great and improving returns on capital. Upper teens, they leverage that a little bit to get into the low 20s on uh, return on equity. Uh, very gr- strong margins here, mid-20s forever. What that tells me is there's something proprietary about what they do or would, they wouldn't get these prices. And in their world, it's got to be cost and service. They're just... Uh, Offering probably next day, same day service, and they're offering a price uh, that other people can't match because of their economies of scale. They're putting up 750 a share next year in gross cash flow. The stock's at 74. That's 10 times. They put up a little capex here, 120. That's got to be just for physical expansion, be my uh, guess. So some type of free cash of six something, you know. Uh, so that's about 12 times. 8% might be the way I'd look at that, the inverse of 12 times. They're going to grow at 13% according to value line. That gives me to some kind of 20, low 20s percent. Uh, and I think it's very stable because it's tied into demographics and cost reduction. A business is going great. They're buying back some stock, which I used to think was great, but then all the stocks go down. How smart is management to buy stock back? They might be able to buy back cheaper later on. Uh, maybe they should just raise the dividend here instead of doing that. But what have you, It's uh, uh, it's been uh, management's intent to just uh, return to the shareholders a, a, a great return, and that's a good sentiment by management. Value line rates this a two, and I'm not always in agreement. The chart looks great here, but I don't see anything that's going to change the trends, their cost advantage, and their valuation. So LabCorp of America, nice, safe one uh, for the ages, ticker LH, page uh, 638. Vern, that's all I have this week. Oh. Yeah, you're on now. I'm on. Oh, yeah, goodness. Uh, but let's have a beverage but uh, I break. Um, I haven't really prepared much. Well, this week. that's that's actually rare for you. So I know um, I know you'll still have some great ideas even if you haven't been prepared that well. It's good to be back in the cabin. Can you hear the water? No. No. Maybe you can't on the. What happened? Probably doesn't pick it up. In any of, um, in any case, it's um, my good fortune to now um, to move into the second. Value added oriented <laughs> section of the show. <laughs> what? Yeah, but I'm going to I'm going to start with uh, I'm going to start talking one of about the stocks at Value Lines highlighting this week in their cover page. Why are they highlighting anything? Northrop Grumman is hoping that the Congressional Accountability Office, which is now investigating the award to it, yeah, but it they lost that. Did Grumman, you read that? Uh, by the United States Air Force of a 35 billion dollar tanker contract to pr- produce flying tankers. 
will approve the award. Didn't that just go against them a few days ago? Well, what happened is there was uh, there was a suit brought by Boeing, right, uh, to try to overturn the award of the uh, replacement tanker fleet order to a combination of EADS or what some people call EADS, uh, really the parent of the multinational parent of Airbus, that had teamed with Northrop to bid a version of the, I think, the A350 uh, for this new tanker platform to replace a lot of modified 747s. Yeah. And um, Boeing managed to kick up a lot of uh, sort of nationalistic, uh, patriotic fervor, along with some traditional self-interest by the appropriate politicians like Maria Cantwell of Washington and the Illinois contingent. You seem really jaded um, about this, Vern. Well, I, I, it really Shouldn't bothers the big American me. company get the business instead of some European company? I well, mean, come on. I, I'm sorry. The European company is partnered with an American company. Well, so how smart is and, that American company to partner up with Boeing, the European? <laughs> Boeing. Let's face it. Well, if you're not Boeing, then you can't be Boeing, right? So if you want to have a chance to get <clears> this, you need another large-frame aircraft design, and EADS happens to have the only other one in the world because they and oh. Boeing are a duopoly in large jet aircraft, hmm. right? Well, okay, so oh well. it's their only alternative. And to uh, to demagogue this as somehow we're, we're going to be shipping jobs over sh- overseas, I believe that some analysis has been done to suggest that the EADS Northrop Grumman uh, bid would actually rely more on U.S. labor. I think it's a function of the, the technology exchange that you don't want. With defense, this is a flying gas can. Is what they we're talking the about here. They have secret codes to provide gas to our jet <laughs> fighters <laughs> That's and to nutty. our bomber fleet. Anyway, I Northrop Grumman so. historically, I think, thought of really as a uh, uh, as an air, aircraft company because of the uh, the work they've done on on fighter aircraft. Uh, you know, the combination of Grumman and Northrop also. Uh, um, with the acquisition of Lytton and Newport News, added a giant shipbuilding, shipbuilding base. Of course, and so now that's a lot of the identity of the company, and probably they why the, the submarines, probably why the, the stock is down recently. Traded into the uh, mid low uh, low mid eighties in the last uh, two years. Currently or recently around seventy two dollars, and down I think because they had been awarded this giant contract, and now it's going to be reviewed. And I was just reading something about it, in, I think yesterday's paper that suggested that. Uh, Entirely new bids from both teams may be required. And, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to win or not, but right now it creates an opportunity for me to buy a very high-quality business that has the right kind of exposures as we go into this next defense cycle to replenish and rebuild the armed forces after depleting them so badly in the Middle East over the last 10 years. So uh, this company is a significant player in uh, unmanned aircraft, for example. It's getting a lot of funding. Uh, they are on both the uh, the FA-18 and the new F-35, which are the you know state-of-the-art new jet aircraft platforms. They are a uh, they're a bidder. Uh, the value line's not mentioning it. They're also bidding for uh, you know the big vehicle program that's out there, the JLTV. There's supposed to be a down select on that coming sometime this summer. Uh, so there's a variety of things happening at Northrop Grumman that could uh, turn into uh, large. Especially in the in the context of how big this company is, uh, revenue last year about thirty two billion. You know, there's some big platforms out there that could be you know several billion dollars a year of revenue at maturity, so that represent some pretty interesting um, growth potential. You got some good company here: State Street and Capri both own nine ten percent. Barclays and Axo overseas, other big uh, shareholders. Uh, U.S. government is about ninety percent of their business. 
A lot of sellers of the stock recently, not exactly sure why. That does give me a little bit of concern. They've been buying stock back, shares outstandings down about 10% from a peak in 2004, yet there's very little financial leverage, 18%. Uh, debt to cap. They're getting ready to redeem about $50 million in preferred stock. I'll take it out of the capital structure. I have a total enterprise value of a little over $28 billion. I have almost $4 billion of EBITDA. So I have under an eight times enterprise value to EBITDA multiple with the stock down recently on this disappointment on the tanker contract, which they still have an opportunity to win. And I can buy the whole thing for, I can get this for about nine times gross cash flow. And my uh, return on capital, which had suffered in the uh, early part of this decade, in the aftermath of putting Northrop and Grumman together and doing the big uh, Lytton, Newport News, and TRW Defense Systems um, acquisitions, the early part of the decade has now recovered. Return on capital running around 9% on its way to 12 according to Value Line. Certainly sustainable in this kind of an industry, uh, at least based on peers. Uh, they'll pay me a 2.3% dividend yield in the meantime. Uh, I'm going to put that together with my... Uh, with my nine times cash flow multiple, and I've got an 11% uh, cash on cash return, two points for yield. I'm at uh, I'm at uh, 13%, and according to Value Line, they should be able to grow cash flow and earnings 10 to 12%. I like it, Vern. Over the next several just years, it's in. just a high quality. That's value the defense. It's uh, there's bad news in the stock very recently. Oh, but and the, the longer term symbol is, is NOC. Longer term is uh, good news for them. Yeah, thank you. I, 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 mm-hmm. I thought I'd lead with like strength. Um, my next one, I said a defense company and an industrial company. Excuse me, Vern. Uh, you're not going in page number order, then? No, I'm you're not. You're leading with strength? No, a matter of fact. Is that your best name, then? Uh, it's just all well, downhill from here in the names? I'm I mean, not, what, what are you telling not, me? It, it, well, it could huh? be it could oh, okay. be that way. Oh, okay. But there won't be an official best idea named until the end of the show. Right. So those Let's of you who are about to, to stay <laughs> around, absolutely. For those of you who are dying to know what my favorite idea is, you'll have to wait till the very end of the show. All right, fair enough. All right. The next the next stock I'm going to do is uh, something called Kenna Metal. This is symbol KMT, and here my theme is uh, uh, is high ma- uh, commodity cost, hmm. high materials cost. When materials costs are very high, things like iron ore and coal and steel and nickel and everything, everything really, Mm -hmm. uh, and the energy to to uh, produce more of it and transform it and make it usable and to run the equipment that produces things out of it, all of these things are extremely expensive. Things that then contribute to my productivity in how I manage that material, um, I think. Should oh, benefit at the margin, the they add a lot of value. Right, right yeah. So that's who Kenametal is. For those of you who don't know them, they are a global supplier of... Now, Value Line says advanced materials, engineered components, and tooling used in production processes. I think that makes it a little bit, uh, a, a little bit uh, more mysterious than it is. About two-thirds of their sales and earnings come from metal cutting tools. So these are things that you put in your lathe when you're cutting... Um, you know, some kind of steel down to a certain shape or, uh, you know, drilling a hole in it or, uh, you know, giving it a, uh, you know, carefully finished surface because a, a bearing is going to be riding on it or whatever. But it's uh, it's something that's consumed in the process of producing other products. So I constantly have to buy new ones. And then they get the other third of their earnings from uh, what they call their Advanced Material Solutions Group. Uh, Value Line mentions specifically... Uh, carbide tooling used for mining and highway work. 
These are things that uh, are used on giant, think of them as drill bits, that are used to cut holes in rock and to grind up concrete when I'm going to build a new highway. Glad somebody's doing that. Uh, there's a lot of that going on, actually. Uh, and the company at the margin's also been investing. Value Line doesn't give it uh, much coverage in some exotic, more highly engineered materials that are finding you know new markets in medical and electronics and markets like that. They have a little more growth to them. Uh, they also divested, Value Line does mention this, in 2006, something called JNL Industrial Supply. And Kennametal lost its way for a time about 10 years ago and decided that because it was in the process of selling these uh, relatively small value-added components to industry by the hundreds and thousands, that it could do things like other industrial supplies just as well. But that, that didn't took turn them out, out of good a value-added area and put them in a commodity business. And so returns on capital went to mid-single digits. What a mistake. Um, and a mistake. they spent years trying to extract themselves from it. How embarrassing Finally for did. Them. Return on capital is back up into the low teens now. Return on equity headed for 15%. And uh, earnings have been growing nicely with uh, a lot of good demand from markets like mining, oil and gas. There's been strong demand for capital goods, uh, including those to produce more of those kinds of products. Uh, yet they, the company has very conservative capital structure uh, with a little bit of uh, cash cushion on the balance sheet. And uh, with the stock down more than 20% off of its highs recently, although up from its lows, and I think we may have recommended this name before, uh, the stock's still under eight times on enterprise value to EBITDA basis. According to Value Line, there's some more, uh, I guess, some ongoing restructuring work that's going on that could add something like 20 cents to earnings. Um, I think the quality of the company is better than the last recession. More international now. Foreign sales about half the company. There's a little bit of dividend yield. Uh, High-quality, defensive industrial name with a play on the commodity story. Okay, Kenametal, wow. KMT. A lot of value added on and that. And then I've got one last name, um, which I picked. I, I think I mentioned this before. Uh, 90 per, well, 10% on the investment merits. Um, and 90% on the comedy potential of a ticker symbol of W-O-O-F. Well, I hope you have something on this the is, fundamentals. <laughs> this is where you come in, okay? <laughs> on you'll, what? You'll need the to be comedy? Getting, I need to get you off the uh, sidelines. Listen, a wolf and a rabbi and were re, uh, walking down re, the street. I'm re-involved <laughs> in my stock ideas here, okay? VCA Antec. Now, Value Line's got one of their longer uh, descriptions here. Founded in 86 as Veterinary Centers of America. Largest health care provider in the U.S., 365 animal hospitals. Hey, that's one for every day of the year. In 37 states. Is that states. the comedy? Was that the comedy? <laughs> What's just are you a doing? down payment. <laughs> oh, a down to payment. Come. Oh, is We're it doing really? the 10% fundamental <laughs> part first. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> this is an animal health care services company. Oof, oof. Well, I have one of provides... those, actually. Pet Med Express. That's my recommendation. Well, what's wrong with this one? Well, what's wrong with this one There's is that I don't hear what it's, what's good about this it. Stock, this company has done nothing but grow since, uh, well, let's see. I have history from 2000, went public in 2001. I'm sorry, what is this, a pet medicine play? Well, they, what? They, I told you, they run 365 animal hospitals. Okay. Laboratory services, a quarter of sales, well, half humanization of Humanization of pets, that's the thing. Half of income, lab services for pets. People Just love their pets. what the return on capital is there. It's an it's an infinite. Then I have the hospitals, which are three quarters of sales, and the other half of my everyone income. is going to take care of little Fluffy, 
and, uh, and they'll if, pay up. Oh, and and to to take them to a premier healthcare provider who has oh, on-premise laboratory and a spa capabilities and hospice <laughs> oh, care I, for the it, pet. Yeah, and apparently uh, Bailey Gifford that owns ten percent and Fidelity seven percent and Select Equity seven percent. Uh, would agree with us on this. Big demographic uh, There is a little bit of leverage here. About 50% of capital is debt, uh, but I still just have a $3 billion enterprise value. Um, that's about two and a half times revenue, a little over 10 times EBITDA. This is about 15 times the gross cash flow at, at a little under 30 bucks. Got about $2 of gross cash flow according to Value Line. But again, I would mention has done nothing but grow since coming public. Is that their main business, just the pet hospitals? It's just taking your pet and they uh, making well, acquisitions. Like they recently expanded into Canada by buying a minority interest in a 21 hospital chain. So probably a, a little bit of built in. Do they have uh, pet, on the uh, pet cemeteries? Uh, no mention of it. See, that's an opportunity for them they have, down uh, the they road. They have a segment called Medical Technology and something called Other with with no revenue or earnings in them. And I'm wondering maybe, I think that's maybe a growth Other opportunity. could have a cemetery mm-hmm. aspect to it. Growth so, opportunity. Uh, the symbol W-O-O-F, um, not down a third from recent highs. This is what's, what's got me interested. What's the, the market cap on this? Um, two and a half billion. You know, I've heard they of this, but I had no idea what they two, billion two in revenue. Uh, they're enter- earning operating margins or EBITDA margins in the low 20s wow. and have been consistently all along. Return on capital in the low teens, also consistently held all along. Huh. Um, the, the, you know, like I said, the statistical multiples are not cheap. How but I miss this one? Value right? line looking for 17 to 29% annual return over the next several years. Earnings to grow 15, I'm sorry, 16%, cash flow 14%. Well, that makes it um, So a grower with a little bit more multiple. I like it. But uh, with a value-looking chart, VCA and Tech. You know, I think you're. Uh, I think you're barking up the right tree on that one. Oh, Bert. thank you. Yeah. It, ooh, that's, a, that's thank like you. Sixty percent of the ninety points. Of comedy uh, if you're we listening this for. long, it's your fault for having to hear that. <laughs> uh, but that can't be my favorite idea. No. No. Not okay. not uh, high quality, and I mean a little risky. Maybe the highest absolute return potential. All right. Well, what is it? Then? But uh, but Don't they could have. They could, with uh, with consumer spending under pressure, uh, you know, the business could be under a little bit of pressure short term. I'm going to go with Northrop Grumman as wow, my favorite idea wow, here. NOC, okay. the, the largest stock on my list. That's shocking. List. Uh, I'm going to be a little risk-oriented here. You know, you don't get a return without a little risk. PMI at $4 oh, a share. <laughs> the book is 30 ladies and gentlemen, and it <laughs> should be a good book. Be this there. is uh, Val Hughes' PMI favorite we'll, idea. We'll see you next week, folks.